Steve, happy Monday. How are you, man? Fantastic. Yeah, I had a good good weekend. Went to like a Idaho Steelheads. It's a, a, a hockey team that we have, and oh, that yeah. was a blast. Those games are fun, man. Lots of fights and yeah. stuff like that. And then uh, Friday night. What did we do Friday night? Oh, we had a um, one of my buddies from college is kind of one of the oh, local chairs, I guess you could say, of the NWTF uh, Turkey Federation. So they had their banquet, and we always donate a pack, and um, ends up being a blast because we got you know I've 10 15 buddies that go to that that you know I, I, the types of guys that know from college or from you know a few years back that we just all hang out and drink yeah. and have a good time so uh, <laughs> yeah we had a blast i've heard you say like ever since you've moved into your house there's this little piece and you're talking about there's this piece of public land i see turkeys i want to go get after them are you ever oh. gonna do it steve you just keep yeah. saying it <laughs> uh, yeah maybe someday yeah as soon as i heard you say turkeys it just made me think of that <laughs> oh man there's so much uh I'm the same way. I like chasing turkeys, but the spring is so busy for me, like with family and trying to do camping trips with them and other stuff going on. That's as much as I love to get out and get after them. I hardly, hardly give it the time it deserves to, to really yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Speaking of spring though, guys are, uh, we're definitely seeing an uptick in questions and interest and in packs and bear turkey all that stuff so um just want to let folks know you know it seems like everybody is just anticipating long delays uh given the state of things with supply chain and whatnot we've been getting a lot of questions on people seeing our lead times online be like is that legit or when's this gonna ship and thankfully we're legitimately shipping everything pretty much within a business day so um, if guys are looking and maybe expecting long lead times, then, uh, you can definitely beat any sort of pre-season, you know, summer rush. And right now definitely things are moving quick. Yeah. We're just, uh, yeah, it's just so dialed in on the back end processes here that, uh, great relationships with the vendors and be able to stay in front of everything. And I think average ship time, something like 18 hours right now from time of order. So, which that, I think that includes weekends. So everything's shipping pretty quick. Um, yeah, it's just very, very nice place to be in. We're just super fortunate. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got, uh, some questions to dive into today. And some of those questions came through, uh, what we mentioned last week, which is a new way to leave us a question with audio. And, uh, we'll get to that here shortly. Um, one thing, you know, we mentioned last week, Steve, we answered a listener question on gators and we had quite the follow-up to that. <laughs> I had no idea that gators could be so, I don't want to say controversial, but, um, some folks were like, you guys are crazy for saying not wear gators, which I'm also like, that's not what we said. <laughs> we said, you don't have to wear them in all times, in all places, etc. Um, so again, context, timing, all that stuff matters. G gators are critical for certain hunts. Absolutely. And there's times where I'm headed into an area that gators could make or break comfort, performance, et cetera. So they have their place. Uh, again, we're just trying to say they're not needed for everything, but Steve, there was a couple good points brought up, uh, that we did overlook really. Um, one guy mentioned he wears gators in the spring. Um, in his area, ticks are just out of control. And so he uses gaiters as kind of that barrier between his footwear and his pants, uh, to keep ticks from being able to crawl up inside. 
uh, and getting, you know, at the ankle area and inside of his pant legs, which is a solid point for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a good example of something we didn't mention where gators do have a place. Um, another guy mentioned hunting in the Southwest where, um, he was in some desert areas where there's a lot of cactus and thorns and stickers. And literally he said his pants can get shredded from some of that stuff. And so he uses gators kind of as a burlier fabric of protection against that. I wonder if it's, so, a, is that a different, when you said Southwest, I immediately thought like a snake type thing, not cactuses. Um, but I'd imagine you're not, you don't want to, they're getting shredded and you're not using a $150 pair of Gore-Tex gators. Um, no, he was, no, yeah. he was saying he's using his gators to keep his pants from getting shredded. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. But you want to, I mean, your gators are $150 too. Oh, like, gotcha. Right. Yeah. Like, is there a cheaper pair that's just all like thousand decorder or something? I'd be curious. Yeah. Yeah. So again, like those are good examples of really the point I think we were trying to make was context dependent. Um, assess the situation. When do you need them? When do you not need them? Um, but yeah, it was, it was interesting, kind of surprising to me to get the feedback on gators of how, uh, how opinionated (laughs) subjects gators could be. I had no idea. I had a feeling, man. So I, yeah, I don't know. I immediately like, like I I reflect back to like the Northwest mountain challenge shoots. Like some guys just show up like head to toe camo and wearing their gators and you know, it's going to be like an 80 degree today. And that, um, those are the things that I kind of poke fun at, right? Like, it's like, dude, like, come on, wear shorts and running shoes out here today. It's hot and um, you're not, you aren't hunting, but you know, yeah, to reach their own. Yep. I guess you could say he's practicing with his gear on, which we probably would, we probably have said before. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, uh, as I mentioned, listener questions in this new way to leave those via audio. So we're going to get into a couple of those today. And then what we're going to plan to do is actually run a giveaway um, through the month of April and we're not quite there yet, but I'm going to go ahead and unofficially start this now, and then we'll have more details to come. But we have these very cool custom knives from Chris Reeves knives. Uh, it's kind of a collaboration thing that we did made just a limited number of them. You can't buy them. We've personally have used them and then we've given some away in different contexts and we have another one to give away. And so if you guys want to leave us a question on this new SpeakPipe app where you just leave your question via audio, again, you don't have to download an app or do anything. You just hit the link in the show description and then you can leave your audio question for us. So basically from now through the end of April, anybody who leaves a question for us or it could be a topic suggestion. Um, we even had one guy who left kind of this short story, which was really cool. So it could be that as well. Um, but any one of those uh, submissions through SpeakPipe from now through the end of April uh, would qualify. And then we'll pick uh, one of those to win this knife. So just a little way to incentivize you guys to check out this new way of engaging with the podcast and leaving us your question. And so again, more information on that to come soon. Uh, but right now, let's go ahead and dive into a question that we got on using belts with packs. Hey guys, can you talk about um, belt options? It seems like if certain types of belts I wear, they it rides down in the back, so it sits under the lumbar, or it puts a lot of pressure on my hips. Or if you guys are in, uh, you guys use suspenders. Thanks. So Steve, belts for pack use, pros, cons, things to consider. Man, I mean, it's my 
biggest gripe with hunting clothing companies, like, um, clearly some, I think, think about it. Uh, you're wearing a pack all the time. Right. And so they're not designing the clothes with that in mind. Um, with, I mean, even, even jackets with like heavier zippers in the pockets, they're going to be like, that are going to end up underneath your hip belt. Right. Um, that's super annoying. Um, and then pants is like, is number one of, uh, Prana, the, those Prana stretch Zions we wear have a built-in belt and it's by far the best system I've ever found. Anything else, um, just you want to stay away from a belt like 100% of the time. There's there's not a belt on the market that I've found that that works. I mean, you just got to be as thin and light and as flexible as possible. The Truly, it's a pain in the butt, but the best thing I've found if you have to um, is just like paracord. Just I would just simply take like a paracord, tie it in a, tie it in a loop on one end, run it through the belt webbing on your pants and then just tie a little half hitch knot around it uh, through the loop. And uh, that's the best thing I've ever found. If you have to have a belt, my, the first answer is find a pair of pants that don't require it. Um, and uh, wish those product stretch irons are one of the few I've ever found that actually work in that department, but it really does. Um, especially our hip belt, it's designed to like form to your hip, and hug that so tight that any layers inside of there, um, you're just going to get rubbing and pinch marks and things like that. Um, if it's kind of bulky, thick layers and, and a belt is just the worst thing that can be in there. So um, I think I've mentioned this on before on the podcast, like I have underwear. I know that I don't want to wear if I'm on a training hike uh, that have like a really thick kind of um, top edge to a top, top seam. So um, just keep that in mind, just as, as thin as possible. Um, one thing that does help is to tuck your shirt into your pants. Um, just to, that shirt's going to give you like a smoother layer against your skin. Um, uh, if you are getting some pinching there, but in general belts, stay away from it. He mentioned suspenders. I, the suspenders are, um, they almost all have some type of plastic clip. One that's going to be you know, whether it's on, you got two in the back or that one in the middle, and then it comes over the top. And then you've got two that are like right around your hip bones in the front. So I've not found a pair of suspenders. That's, um, that's worth anything that <laughs> you'd have to have some type of connection. That's, uh, um, I mean, even Velcro would be too stiff in there. So I don't know what that would look like. Um, mm. but yeah, just stay away from belts and suspenders that if all possible. And, uh, if you do have to wear one, get as thin and light as a belt as you can. Yeah. Yeah. The thing to keep in mind is no matter what belt you go with, as you said, Steve, if you're starting with pants that don't fit well, like where you truly need a belt so much so that you're really compressing the pants is that the pants themselves, no matter what type of belt they're under, are going to be able to begin to kind of fold and make some, some bulk mm -hmm. or folds of fabric that that alone can cause the problem. So Really, I know, yes, guys talk about like, oh, I lost so much weight over the course of a hunt. My pants got loose or whatever. Honestly, I think a lot of the times is, yes, you're losing some, but really your pants are also just stretching out too. Yeah. Um, and so just keep that in mind as you're sizing your pants of, I think guys especially tend to just go for comfort and comfort generally means loose when you're just talking casual pants. Um, and I'm not saying you want pants that are a size too small for you by any means, but 
I would want, and I kind of do purposely try to size my hunting pants where they start not uncomfortable, but a little bit snug, like, cause again, they're going to stretch or yes, maybe I theoretically am going to lose some weight, but I just don't want to rely on a belt any more than I have to. Um, in addition to paracord, which I've done, Steve, the one belt that I've found that doesn't bug me is, um, called an arcade belt and it's really thin, stretchy, soft, pliable with an incredibly low profile buckle. Um, and so that's a belt that I've personally used and have recommended when customers ask and have had, um, good feedback from as well. So I'll leave Mm -hmm. a link to that one in the show description. They're like 25 bucks on Amazon. I think REI sells them. Um, they are kind of an outdoor ish brand. Um, but arcade belt, um, is the only one that I've found that's pretty tolerable, but again, gotcha. If you're not starting with pants that don't fit well, like even if you had an arcade belt and pants that are going to bunch up as you add um, tension to it, that's you're you're already starting off on the bad foot. So yeah, and it begins with pant sizing. Yeah, certainly some guys are like I wear a belt, never had an issue. I I think like just in general, your body shape is really going to dictate this as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you know, probably the skinnier and bonier you are, the more you're going to feel that, or maybe the more pronounced your hip bones are, um, you're going to feel that. So yeah, that's something to keep in mind as well. Yep. Cool. Well, this next question uh, has to do with packs as well, not with belts, but with pack fitting. Um, And again, this was one that was submitted via SpeakPipe. So here's this question. Hey guys, got a quick question here. Not sure if you've covered this in the past, but uh, I was wondering if you guys could talk a little bit about uh, pack fitting. I know a lot of guys buy their packs online and a lot of times we don't go into shops and get proper fitted. Uh, usually takes me, with my packs, it usually takes me about a month before I finally dial in my pack to where exactly it sits on my hips. I have kind of a, I'm skinny framed, so my waist to my legs doesn't really, I don't really have hips, so it just kind of is a straight line. So I never really know whether to keep my pack low, up high. It just, like I said, it takes me about a month to kind of figure out and dial in where exactly it fits right where it's most comfortable. And I kind of go through a month of pain of my hips either hurt or my uh, waist hurts. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. So that was a great question. And obviously something we deal with a lot uh, with XO, we are direct to consumer. And so as this guy said, um, our customers really are buying online without an opportunity to usually purchase uh, the pack in person. So we just certainly have folks that come by our place in Boise or the couple times a year where it shows where people can check it out in person. Uh, but buying it online um, is definitely relevant to 95% of our customers. Um, you know, this guy here mentioned, Steve, and we can talk a little bit about this, of him taking a month to really dial it in. And that is one thing to keep in mind of even if you were to stop by our shop for an hour or you're looking at other packs where you can go to a store and, you know, make a quick visit, you really don't get a full impression of the pack or an opportunity to really dial that pack in to fit your body. It's not something you can do in a half hour. Like, yes, you can try it and get a feel for it. Uh, but Steve, I think there's something to be said for taking some time over multiple days, maybe with different types of weight, trying different, you know, quote unquote settings or adjustments to really dial it into you. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the, 
the there's really like one he when he was talking about his hips there um you know you should i always tell everybody you know center of the belt sent top of the hip bones right so you should you dig your kind of thumb into this into your hips into your side feel for the top of the hip bone when you put the pack on that should be the very center of the padding on the hip belt and then a good reference point as it comes across your stomach is the main buckle should be right below your belly button um you know at, at trade shows we're gonna see this a lot it's very very common for people to put their pack on and have it way down low on their hips more sitting on top of their butt um, and so that's number one is start there. And then I tell people from there, it's, it's plus or minus an inch. Some guys might want a little higher. Some guys might want a little lower, just depends on the shape of your hips. And, you know, he mentioned he's kind of probably skinnier and, and bonier, um, that, uh, you're just going to play with that. And that where he talks about that month, you know, I feel like, um, yeah, that's certainly the case of, in some regards of, it just takes time to figure that out. Usually, you know, um, one, it's more about just like how much where the torso setting is and then how much pressure you're putting in places where it's going to ride and feel the most comfortable for you. Um, I could say like on, I've been working on, you know, some new designs for the future and, and they like the shoulder harness rides in a different position than it does on K3. Um, and so that like, that's just how it fits me. You know, I just found it more at first I was, um, like, ah, I just wasn't quite feeling like, wasn't quite loving how the shoulder shoulders felt. And then I rose it up one inch and then everything felt awesome. So certainly like we encourage guys, um, you know, K3 has so much adjustment and so much fitting in there. Keep tinkering with it. Cause eventually you're going to find that sweet spot. Um, like I said, most of it's going to be in the shoulders and the torso adjustment of where that setting is. And it shouldn't be, you know, I'll see some guys, like, you know, go like four inches up and down. And it's really like small one inch adjustments at the most, um, from where we kind of recommend your, where you start with fitting. Um, but it just, yeah, it takes a little bit of time and just play with it. And then eventually you're going to find that sweet spot. Um, the other main fitting thing that I see is, you know, so centered on the hips, get the, get the hip belt on there, get the hip belt snug, right. So that the the vast majority of the weight sitting on the hips and then the harness should just be floating right from that point on. Like it's, it's keeping the pack in contact with your upper body, but you're not actually like applying pressure to your shoulders. Um, so the next thing I see is people really want to crank down on all the straps and, and feel like that the pack needs to be tight to their upper body. And that's just not the case at all. Um, the, the only time I'll put tension in there is you know a with heavy loads so once i get over like 80 pounds or b if you get in like more technical terrain and i've got the pack extra loose then then yeah i'll snug it up so as i'm going down a you know a rock slide or something like that or you're in really heavy downfall timber areas where you're kind of ducking and going up and over logs a lot then yeah tighten that up just a little bit to keep the pack tighter so it's not flopping around on you but for the most part that harness should be really loose and you shouldn't have if you're if you're experiencing shoulder pain and shoulder issues with with 40 pound loads, there's a huge indicator you've just got way too much tension in the shoulder harness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the resources I want to point people to is a article we put together about a year ago, probably or at least last summer. Um, and what we did was take some customer photos that we had because we work with customers all the time, like have them send photos. Mm. We hop on video calls with people, do stuff real time even. 
Um, but we took some customer photos and they're before and after, right? So like, here's what they sent us of like, Hey, I have some questions on pack fit. And then they send in their photos. And then once we make some suggestions of like, all right, let's try this change. And they follow up and send us photos where things are uh, in a more proper position, being able to see that before and after is just really helpful. And so maybe you don't even have an XO pack right now, but you're just struggling with your pack fit. I still think seeing these photos and before and after is going to give you some helpful things to look for and really see like, oh, side by side, like, okay, I see what was wrong here and this looks better. And now I know why, because in, in these photos, we also talk about the changes that were made and why we're making them. And so I'll leave a link to that in the show description as well. Um, just cause again, it's a really good reference point because especially when people are newer to packs, we can talk about things and obviously visuals just help a lot of people learn. And, yeah. and that's the other thing I wanted to say about taking time to dial it in is especially when you're newer to packs, you don't know what it's supposed to feel like a yeah. lot of times. And so you need to kind of, again, not just with our pack, but just in general, like don't be afraid to try stuff. Sometimes I get this impression uh, talking with customers that they're like, oh, I, I wanted to do this, but I don't want to mess something up, right? Like I want to make this change, but I didn't want to mess something up. Like, and I would say the opposite, like go make some changes to see what happens, right? You're not going to mess anything up. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no like this magic setting that we can't get back to. And I really want people again to take some time to try some different settings so they can get a different feel and then figure out, oh, this feels better. This is what it's supposed to feel like. Um, And so, yeah, that really taking some time with it is important. And again, it's not something you even can do in a store. Uh, But the good thing is once you do take some time, get familiar with pack fitting in general, again, this doesn't have to be exo specific, but like once you know, like, okay, this is kind of what it's supposed to feel like repeating that's super easy. Um, and so when we say, you know, yeah, maybe it does, like this guy said, take you a month to quote unquote dial it in. That doesn't mean that going forward, you're going to have to like make all these adjustments and do all these different things to try and get your pack to fit. Because in addition to setting up the pack properly, you're also teaching yourself what good feels like. And then when something's out of whack in the field, or maybe you've jumped from a 30 pound load to a 90 pound load, um, you're just going to know, like you're going to have a much better call it instinct um, for what type of changes or little adjustments you need to make to get the feel that you want to feel. Yeah. Um, that was one thing I was going to add is like, don't feel, um, yeah, I guess just, uh, don't feel like, you know, well, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> don't feel like, you know, every, like I, I was, I was hiking the other day with a guy who's been backpacking for a lot of years. I assumed he knew how to wear and fit a pack. And I was like, I looked at him like, what the hell are you doing? You know, like, I had the torso all the way jacked up. The load lifters were all, uh, all the way pulled in, sucked in tight before we ever even put the pack on. Um, and so we got everything, you know, took me like 30 seconds, readjusted everything. And, and he was like, oh, wow, that feels really good. Um, you know, and it was just surprising to me that someone that I knew backpacks and spends a lot of time in the mountains still isn't fitting a pack properly. So, um, yeah, watch the videos and, um, certainly, uh, uh, it's a very simple process, but people like to make it so somehow make it overcomplicated for sure. Yeah. And again, like it can be intimidating in the beginning, yeah. especially as yeah. we said, Steve is like, there's these different adjustments and different things and knowing what to do. But, um, 
yeah, as you spend some time, follow the process we show like in our fitting video example of because really the order matters, right? Putting the hip belt on first, starting with other things loose, you're setting the harness before you set the tension in the um, load lifters, for example, like even those small steps that order matters. And so as you get used to just kind of following that process, um, it's going to be really simple after a few weeks of playing with it. So I think this guy's spot on. Yeah, go ahead and take a few weeks to dial it in. Uh, and again, I would try that with different loads and things like that. And we'll, we'll wrap on that one. Just other thing that I always encourage people to do is make sure you're trying your pack with different loads before you're in the field. So now's the perfect time, right? It's spring. You want to get outside, nice weather, start training, start hiking. Like if you're the guy who normally throws 40 pounds or 50 pounds or 60 pounds on for training hikes, that's great. But let's make sure you're doing something with 80. Like if you're physically up to that and don't have any sort of issues, like know what that pack feels like with 80 or 90. If that's something that you think during hunting season, you may end up packing out. Um, Cause again, just understanding the little tweaks at different weights. Um, and this even goes to getting familiar with how to use the load shelf, for example, like all that stuff that you can do before season is really going to help you in season so for sure. So yeah, just don't be, don't be afraid to try it. Don't be afraid to uh, experiment a little bit, figure out what works for you. And at the end of the day, always feel free to reach out to us. We'd be glad to help. All right. Went a little bit long on those, Steve, more questions to come. We got more questions from the SpeakPipe app, these new audio questions. I hope you guys enjoyed that. And once again, we'd love to hear you shared your question. And so just look for the link in the show description to record your question for the show. And again, all you need is your phone or whatever device you have. You don't have to call a number. You don't have to download an app. Just follow that link. It'll walk you right through it. As always, guys, appreciate you tuning in. Also, if you haven't yet hit the subscribe or follow button in your podcast app, be sure to do that so you receive future episodes automatically. And we'll talk to you soon.